Hi there. Welcome to Ask Away, a podcast where kids can ask anything about the Bible. This is Meredith, and as usual, I am here with my own kiddos. I'm here with Riley, who's nine. Hello. And also Peyton, who is seven. Hi. Together, we will tell a Bible story, and Riley and Peyton will jump in with the things that they observe or the questions that they have. And we'll talk together also about some great questions that kids like you sent into the show. After you listen, we hope that you'll join in. If you have a question that you wonder about, you can record it, and I'll tell you at the end how you can send it our way. The Bible's pretty amazing as it helps us know who God is, but it can also be confusing and new and really different from how things are now. So we want you to know that when it comes to the Bible, every question is okay, and you can ask away. Welcome to the show today. We are so glad you're here. Riley, what story are we going to be talking about today? The Road to Emmaus. Emmaus is a town. It's like seven miles away from Jerusalem. Seven miles in a car takes us like 15 minutes to drive. Seven miles of walking takes like half the day, a little more than half the day if it's hot. This story happens while two men are walking on the road to Emmaus. And it goes like this. On the Sunday, when the women first found the empty tomb, two of Jesus' followers were walking to Emmaus. And as they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. Well, while they are walking and talking, Jesus comes and starts walking with them. True or false, they recognize Jesus. Ding, ding, ding. Well, of course they did. They're Jesus' followers, and this is Jesus. Except they did not. God kept them from recognizing him. And so Jesus asked them, Hey, what are you discussing so intently as you guys walk along? Well, they just stopped in their tracks. Sadness was written on their faces. And then one of them, Cleopas, replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about everything that happened there the last few days. And Jesus asks, what things? I think that's kind of funny because, you know, it's Jesus and they're talking about Jesus. And he says, what things? As if he doesn't know. Well, they answer the things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth. He was a prophet. He did powerful miracles. He was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death. They crucified him. They meaning Rome. We hoped he was the Messiah who would come to rescue Israel. And all of this happened three days ago. Pop quiz. What does Messiah mean? A. Messy one. B. Rescuer. Or C. Hero. And the answer is B. Rescuer. And question two, who was telling Jesus this story about Jesus again? A, Oompa, B, Clyde, or C, Cleopas? C, Cleopas. P.S. We call our grandpa Oompa. 
and Oompa calls either me or Riley Clyde. <laughs> that is true. And last but not least, question three. Will they ever recognize Jesus? Yes or no? To find out, you have to keep listening. You know, although we often hear about Jesus' 12 disciples, Cleopas reminds us that Jesus had a bigger group of followers who also believed that God was beginning of healing the whole world from sin and all sin's effects. Cleopas was one of those. Now, it's also important to know that other people had come on the scene saying they were Messiah too. Jesus was not the only one, but being killed would have been seen as a pretty sure sign that the person was not really the rescuer God had promised. And that is what has these guys so confused. You see, they go on to say that although Jesus had died, some women from our group, they were at Jesus's tomb early this morning. They came back with this amazing report. They said his body was missing and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just like the women said. A pop quiz. So at this point in the story, how many people actually believe that Jesus was risen from the dead? A, 1,000. B, 50. Or C, 6. Ding, ding, ding. Only see six people. That's our estimate, at least. At this point, it's probably only the group of women who are feeling pretty confident that Jesus is really alive. The others probably really want to believe it's true, but it also seems incredibly unbelievable. And not very many people have seen Jesus alive with them yet. Although, when we fast forward the story, Jesus is going to appear to hundreds of people before he leaves and returns to heaven. So the men shared all of this with Jesus, and he answered them, You know, sometimes you seem to find it really hard to believe everything the prophets wrote in Scripture, even though it clearly predicted the Messiah would have to suffer so much bad before the good. And so then Jesus did this pretty amazing thing. He walked them through scripture, through the story from Moses to the prophets. And he kept showing them how the scripture pointed to him. Now he had scripture that was what is the Old Testament now. That would have been their whole scripture at the time. And he's saying, hey, God has been doing this for a real long time. Now, by the time Jesus got done talking with them, they were all getting really close to Emmaus. Jesus acted like he was going to keep on walking, but they begged him, stay the night with us. It's getting late. And so Jesus went with them. They all sat down to eat and Jesus took bread and he blessed it and then he broke it and he gave it to them. Does that remind you of anything else you've ever heard? Passover. It does remind me of Passover. And can you think of another time that there was a Passover meal and Jesus was there? The night before he died? The night before he died. Yeah. He took bread then and he blessed it and he broke it. And at that time he said, hey, this is going to be like my body. Broken open for all of you. 
And when you eat, remember me. So it's kind of interesting that now he does the exact same thing. Then Jesus broke the bread and he gave it to them. And they recognized him. That's when they knew it was Jesus. Which also answers that third quiz. Yes, they eventually recognized him. Do you know what happened after they recognized him? What? He disappeared. What? Seriously. So I do have a question. Yeah. Since he died that one time, like when someone killed him with weapons or something, whatever. Then I'm wondering, does he die of age in heaven right now? Like, and then he comes back again? Or does he die and not come back? Or uh, or is it like the Neverlands where he just, like, stays the same age? And, and do you even know wh- how old God is? Excellent questions. So when Jesus is raised to life again, his body is new and different. It's still a human body, but it's a resurrected body. And it's a forever body. So it's a lot more like that third thing you said, like Neverland where there's no aging. Although not imaginary. Although when when you say new body, do you mean that you like look different or will you look the same? If Jesus is our guide, you must look the same. Because when people see Jesus, they know it's Jesus, although not in this story where they didn't know it was Jesus. But they said that was because God was doing something special by kind of keeping it a surprise. But normally they recognize him and he still has his scars. So he's still Jesus and yet his body is new. Mainly it's more whole, the kind of body that doesn't get sick and it doesn't get hurt and that can live on and on. God. Your second question was, how old is God anyway? The answer is forever years old. That's a long time. Basically, he's he just keeps climbing in AIDS, like, or does he just like not get older, or does he just keep climbing in AIDS but never die? So God has always been. And God stays forever. And I don't think that that means Jesus gets older. But time keeps going on and there's always, always God. So that means he's over 4.5 billion years old. Yes. Can you imagine having a birthday cake with that many candles? That's a lot of fire. Well, after Jesus disappears, everyone at the table says... You know what it felt like? It felt like our hearts were on fire inside of us while he was talking to us and while he was explaining scripture to us. And so they got all ready again and they went back to Jerusalem. And that's where they found the 11 disciples, Jesus's core group, and the others who were there, the ones who were first saying, hey, he's really alive. Peter saw him. And they met up to tell their story too. And that is part of the beginning of how people came to believe that even though Jesus had died, Jesus was alive. And Jesus is alive now, still. That's where we're going to stop our story for now. And we have a couple of awesome questions from kid listeners. Hi, my name is Blythe and I'm six. My question is, how was the Bible made? I love this question. Thank you for sending it. So first, it's important to remember that God loves to be on a team with people. 
That is God's first choice for how things get done. The Bible is one example of that, where people began to write the stories about God down after having told them for hundreds of years. The stories of the Old Testament were written down much earlier than the New Testament. They often wrote them on scrolls, and they always wrote them by hand. Well, eventually a group began to think about which stories best represented God's big story in the world. They didn't actually all agree all the time, and it took a very long time to decide. Again, a couple hundred years. Ultimately, a decision was made about which pieces of stories and writings would come together to be what we know as the Bible now, and that happened in about the year 400. So that's a real long time after Jesus was with us. You know, one reason we see the Bible as trustworthy is that we already believe that God works with, in, and through people on all kinds of important things. And we think God worked with people on this too. But at the same time, the process of the Bible coming together over such a long time reminds us that although the Bible is incredibly important as it points us to who God is and it's trustworthy in what it tells us that God is like, It's also true that even without the Bible, people have trusted and followed God and showed God's love to the world. So it's kind of two things at once. Super important. But also, it's possible to trust God even if you don't have the chance to have it. Thank you so much for sending that awesome question. And here's our next one. Hi, my name is Christian and I'm eight. And my name is Taylor and I'm six. And we want to know how the soldiers knew to walk in front of the tomb if it was so heavy. Yeah, like how did they put Jesus inside the tomb and seal it with the rock if if the rock was so heavy? Oh, what a terrific question. So in order to put the stone in place over a tomb, a group of soldiers would actually work together. They would use a really strong branch as a lever, and then they could also shove, and that would get it in place initially. They would also then seal the stone, meaning that they would somehow connect the big stone to the larger entrance of the tomb in a way that you could tell if the rock got shifted. Like, imagine if I taped two pieces of paper together. If I wanted to untape the paper, my tape would curl or it would rip that seal between the two pieces of paper would show that they had been separated. Well, they did something like that only for the stone and the entrance of the tomb. Once the stone was sealed, that means they wouldn't need to have so many soldiers guarding the entrance. So there's a team that gets the rock in place and then a few that were left behind to guard it. Because, like you may know, when it came to Jesus, they wondered if perhaps his followers would try to break into the tomb or steal the body. In the end... God's the one who rolled the stone away because Jesus had to get out of there. Thanks so much for sending that in. Now it's your turn. If you have a question about the story we told today, about any other story in the Bible, or just about God or the Bible overall, we would love to hear it. The way you can send a question to ask away is to record it, and then you can do one of three things. You could send that recording as an email to askawaypodcast at gmail.com. Or you could record that as a Voxer message where there is Ask Away Podcast. Or you could record it for me by sending it as a direct message on Instagram. I'm actually there as Meredith Ann Miller. 
Anytime you send us a question, we would love to hear your name. We'd love to know how old you are. And we really hope we get to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. Grownups, you can help the show by leaving a five-star rating for us so others can find us along the way or a review. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, I'm there as Meredith Ann Miller, talking to adults about the ways that we can help our kids get to know God and explore the Bible. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thank you.